Hey, good evening, everybody. My name is Gabe Estel. Welcome to Rock and Roll Shinsu Chu. We are on episode number 11 tonight. Thanks for hanging in there with us. Um, I am here with my wonderful co-hosts, Jonathan Getz and Dennis Levi Leach. Good evening, boys. How's it going? Doing Pretty good. 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 Well, it's good to see everybody. Um, we had just recorded a Shinsu Chu B-side that really revolved around U2, kind of, you know, jokingly, sort of the merits of their music. But the reason that U2 is in the news right now um, is really going to provide um, the starting point for tonight's show as well. Um, U2 uh, released an album through iTunes, but it was free. You didn't have to download it like you would other albums on iTunes. Everybody that had iTunes got this album. And um, to some people, that was great because they liked U2 and they got an album for free, album that maybe they would have bought or streamed or listened to anyway. Uh, for other people, it was it was annoying because they didn't like U2's music. Um, and uh, yours truly included. Uh, and then there's kind of maybe a third area, uh, a third group of people who are annoyed by the corporatism of U2 striking up a deal with Apple. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about that. We're going to talk about the really the th- people that fall into the third group there and how how corporations are starting to infiltrate uh, rock and roll in different ways, different ways than they used to. Um, and particularly in an era of very just rapidly declining record sales. Um, so we're going to talk about that um, with you, too. Uh, just to give everybody a little bit of the details, you know, they 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 received just a boatload of money to uh, to uh, to release this album through Apple, more money than they would have ever received if the album just would have been released traditionally. You know, you buy it in a store, or you buy it on iTunes, or you stream it. Um, the, they they for, they forewent all those things and and took it right to right to Apple, um, and so. Apple and U2 have had this partnership now for a number of years. When the iPod, um, one of the early uh, editions of the iPod, I don't remember which one, but it's been about 10 years ago or so, U2 was on the commercials for that. So they're kind of becoming, I think I heard somebody say in an article, Apple's house band is, uh, was the way that they put it. And I thought that was smartly put. Yeah. Um, but to a lot of people, this really irked them because they felt like... Um, you know, rock and roll is becoming more in bed with uh, with corporate America when, you know, rock and roll, if you look at its roots, was always about rebelling and um, sort of uh, kind of being anti-establishment just by its nature. Um, that's changing now. And a lot of it probably has to do with the fact that kids aren't rushing to the local record store or even the local Best Buy to buy an album. Uh, they're not even rushing really to the local iTunes that much anymore <laughs> either. Um, so obviously people have to come up with new ways. So I want to ask all of you guys, what did you think about what you two did minus their music? We're not talking about that. Um, but just the approach that they took, do you see more bands doing it? And also does it irk you? You know, do you have a problem with it? Levi, I'll start with you. What about you? What do you, what did you think um, of all this? I think it was a smart marketing thing on their end. I don't yeah. think they should have made it like a 
and and this probably wasn't controlled by you two. It was controlled by Apple, but Apple sure. made it a forced download or a forced right. purchase right. for everyone. And so I think that's where a lot of the ire came from. And so I I don't know if other bands will do this in the future. It, I think you have to be a bigger band like you two to somehow right. pull this off. The only person I could see that could do it right now besides them is like maybe Rolling Stones. Yeah. Or um, maybe even if you went the other route, like Garth Brooks, Earth, you know, yeah, somebody maybe, like that. Somebody who's a really yeah. huge stature. But, but yeah, yeah I, I think Apple, you know, even if the Rolling Stones offered it, they'd be like, yeah, you're a little, I mean, you're the Rolling Stones, but you're just a little too over the hill for, for this. It's not a <laughs> right, right match. U2's old. Yeah. The Rolling Stones are ancient. Exactly. So, yeah. No, right. seriously. They they know this because U2's the same age, I'm assuming, near as Tim Cook and Apple and right. however old right. Steve yeah. Jobs would have been. And Yeah. yeah. Apple yeah. will tell the Rolling Stones, hey, I think we can give you Netscape's phone number. <laughs> <laughs> Corporate burn. <laughs> <laughs> but no, Levi, I totally agree that 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 uh, the Rolling Stones could have been considered, um, you know, could be are probably the second biggest band yeah. in the world. But that is, there's too wide of a gap there for Apple's comfort. Yeah, for yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. How else? Uh, another thing, you know. Um, all of a sudden, you know, it's hard to create buzz for a new record now. You know, I yeah, mean, absolutely. Yeah. it used to be the the template was really kind of unchanged for decades. You know, you you put you you dropped little press releases out there. You know, you sent it to Rolling Stone and Spin and all those magazines, and they they kind of talked it up. Mm-hmm. And then you know you you well, yeah. had advertisements in magazines and newspapers mm-hmm. for the Absolutely. album, the release date, big storefront displays, all that shit's over. Really. And you know, I, touched, I mean, I touched on it in the B side. What I think this did more than anything for you two is generate relevancy in a, in a consumer group that did not know them, and that would be obviously like the eighteen to twenty four market, and. Yeah, it forces them to look at it. You know, Absolutely. it's in their iTunes. Yeah. Absolutely. And it, it it just goes to show like what some companies are, are trying to do and willing to do to, to do that. There was just another commercial, and I'm trying to think who it was for. It might have been T-Mobile or somebody, but it was just on the other night, and it had Hans and Franz from <laughs> Saturday Night Live from the 80s on it. And, and Kevin Nealon and Dana Carvey. Yeah, and, oh, yeah. I, and I chuckle because I'm like, oh, I get it. But then I look right. at, at my wife in bed and I'm like, there's a whole generation of young kids who were like, who the F were those guys? It's, well, it, it's, 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 it's an yeah. insurance. It's State Farm Insurance. So uh, uh, I don't, oh, I don't think, think they care about the 18-year-olds. Uh, yeah. <laughs> No, but yeah, so yeah, it was just, I was like, I was blown away by what some companies are like trying to do to, to sell stuff. And that obviously is the other end of the spectrum. They're not creating relevancy with the young market because yeah, people take the, take the nostalgia factor, you know? Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Yeah. I mean, so a lot of these, these corporate entities are, are really, and I mean, you can argue, you know, rock and roll for many years prior to even the sort of digital revolution of how we consume the music and purchase it, you know, it's been a business. I mean, um, you know, all of the artists that we, uh, not all of them, but you know, many of the artists that we look up to, you know, they, they had to, uh, they still, they made a lot of money, you know. I mean, yeah. I mean, Pearl, Pearl Jam's not poor, you know. I mean, those right. guys, those guys aren't poor. They moved, they moved a lot of albums, 
I guess when it comes down to it, you sort of some people like, well, there's a right way to do it, and you know the way maybe maybe the way Pearl Jam does. I don't know. And then there's you know there's the the ugly corporate way to do it, which is the way that you two does it. You know. Yeah, I I think there are several dozen shades of gray in there. Yeah, and um, just because you, you've you've sold your song uh, for a commercial. Uh, doesn't mean you're a sellout necessarily. No. I, I think that there is, um, in, in in the world of the perception, that there is a fine line there where it does matter what the product is. Um, I think what Apple and Volkswagen did early on, uh, now about a decade ago, was they changed the commercial from... Uh, you know this uh, sort of oxyclean approach to uh, to something that that has a bit more substance to it and and is a bit more artistic, more artistic merit. Yeah, yeah. right. And well, so and, something that bands would be willing um, to associate sure. their music with, and right. and that's and and I think it's interesting now that Apple's come from you know establishing this this um new relationship that it's okay for bands to get involved to now it's like okay wait maybe you've gone too far where these bands are performing at your product release events right yeah i I mean i think they can they can do it and make the commercial and the music combine into a great artistic thing Mm mm-hmm it, but I don't think they've done that at all with the U2 stuff. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I, I think it's it's almost gotten to the point where it's hard to discern them, where I think maybe some kids do think that they're Apple's house band in a way. Oh, yeah, they're <laughs> yeah, just right. a brand. Right? Yeah, U2 is a brand. <laughs> yeah, yeah you, you'll play them for a younger audience to be like, oh, yeah, that's that band that's on the Apple. It's the Apple band. Right. Yeah. yeah, right, exactly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jonathan, you had asked me when we were planning this episode, um, and this 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 um, piggybacks on your point about the whole notion of selling out. Now, I think has really changed than when all of us were really you know buying records when we were teenagers. Um, it's even changed than maybe it was, it was ten years ago. Um, that uh, these. With the whole notion of selling out, um, that that it's that it's changed so much that I think that um, bands that like maybe would have shunned those things a few years ago, like your song appearing in a video game or your song um, appearing in uh, you know uh, a, a commercial. It almost now like the bands that we grew up with, they were fortunate that they didn't have to do that. You're you know, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they, yeah. Pearl Jam or Neil yeah. Young or whoever, and I, I'm not saying they're doing this. They could wag their finger all they want at right. a younger band for doing this, but like, you know, those bands grew up with the those bands had the luxury of of still being able to sell really a lot of records. Right. Yeah. Um. And, Early and, on. Yeah, and have their songs on the radio, and, yeah. and have their songs on you know the videos on MTV and all of that. Yeah. So just it's changed so much for younger bands. Just if if you see a window, you got to jump in it. You yeah, know? it's I mean, a that's, huge huge pond. You have yeah, to. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I just saw three bands last night. Um, I saw three great bands last night. Um, I'll mention them now. 
and you should all everybody who listens to this show should go check out their stuff because all three of them are really good there was a band called Kayakus, um and there was a band called unknown mortal orchestra and there was a, a band called town the get down stay down and um you know all these bands last night were playing to you know a, a, a few thousand people at this block party that i went to um it was sponsored by Goose Island, so, so yeah, so which a lot of people would be like, "Oh, Goose Island's good beer," so that's okay, right? Yeah, if it was the Bud yeah. Light block party, it might not be as cool, <laughs> right? Um, if it was nineteen eighty six, it would be the coolest spot in town. <laughs> yeah, right, right. I didn't didn't um, Van Halen do like a Budweiser commercial? Wasn't like Beautiful Girls in a Budweiser commercial back then or something? Ah, I mean, it wouldn't anyway. surprise me. But, yeah. but I saw these three bands and it's like, man, you know, I was thinking as I was watching them, it's like, you know, a lot of people aren't really going to hear these bands and they should, you know, a lot of people mm-hmm. like are never, this, these bands deserve to have the success that other bands I, I used to listen to had. And that's just probably not going to happen. You oh, know? Yeah. That's um, the biggest shame of music. Yeah. Nowadays, right. man. Yeah, yeah, but at the same time, I don't, I don't think that bands expect it either. And yeah. not that that makes it right, but maybe it is in a way, a market correction uh, to touch upon what we discussed uh, with Gene Simmons in a previous episode, the idea of selling out these huge arenas and, and making millions upon millions of dollars. Just it, yeah. it, it was maybe a recipe for disaster to begin with. And um, as a result, you know, the law of averages is, is playing out now, much to the chagrin of, of some bands that are struggling to get by. Oh yeah. Yeah. Jonathan, you asked me um, uh, what would it take for me to like in this day and age, and I'm paraphrasing you a bit here, but what would it take for me to say like a band sold out now? Mm -hmm. Like what would it take for me to dislike a band, like something Mm -hmm. so corporate they could do? Because like, you know, some of my favorite bands songs have been in commercials recently or Mm -hmm. recent years. I would say if it was the corporation was writing the song for them, like if it was like if it was like corporate jingles, then I would probably turn my back on that band. Now, even if they they tweak the lyrics to a previous hit, that's I, that's wrong, right? I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Um, anybody but Kiss. Anybody because like Kiss is already sinned. Come on I, down to on Panera board. and try the new bacon <laughs> carrot biscuits because we're bacon carrot. It could yeah, be man. really, really bad if that stuff happened. That would that would probably bother me. You know? Yeah. If, like, yeah. if it was like, you know, I don't know, Bachman Turner Overdrive doing it, <laughs> it wouldn't bother me as much as if like, say, you know, Wilco did it. Hold right? on. I mean, so Eddie Money yeah. Eddie Money was in that commercial, wasn't he, recently? Uh singing. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Geico, so Geico, awful. Yeah. Oh my god, it's painful to watch that. Oh, yeah. But because he's in it, it kind of alleviates some some of the judgment, doesn't it? Like he's poking fun at himself. He's in on oh, yeah. the joke. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so yeah. there's a way to do it. And doing that commercial is probably more than Eddie Money's made for like any gig he's made. Uh, yeah, probably. 10, 10, man. 15 years, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, um, and doesn't it, um, it also helps if the song doesn't really have anything to do with the product. Like they aren't trying to make it a conversation between the song and the pitch. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, because I think uh, there was uh, Mike McCready of Pearl Jam's reference early on that, you know, they were offered uh, money for. 
uh, for alive, I think, um, by some, uh, I think as he put it, some pharmaceutical companies. I'm assuming Viagra. See alive being in a commercial. Viagra, I'm assuming. Redemptive qualities, you know, yeah, right. So if alive were in a Viagra commercial versus, you know, like uh, anti-depressive commercial, I think that's that's two different conversations. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) And and I would be annoyed by the Viagra commercial. Um, I, I would, the, the antidepressive commercial would, seems like it would be more of a kind of a public service announcement in a way. And I'd be kind of okay with that for some reason. Yeah. We're, we're picking our poison now at this point. Yeah. But, and and that's, and that's how we do it because it does come down to this artistic merit. Does, it does the song contribute to the artistic vision that all of a sudden is encapsulated by this 30 second commercial? Because it's like, it's a completely different mindset all of a sudden. And sometimes they can pull it off. I mean, that the the I think of Levi and I were talking about this um, texting the Nick Drake um, uh, being yeah, used by Volkswagen. It was Volkswagen. I'll say this. I'll, it's a strong adjective. This is a gorgeous commercial. It is. Yeah. You know, oh, it it's, is. Yeah, it's it totally, really well done. It sets yeah. a vibe and it sets yeah, the mood absolutely. And, yeah. And you talk about introducing a whole new uh, generation mm-hmm. or two to, I mean, it, they, it introduced every generation to Nick Drake because he was ignored when pretty much sure. when, when, yeah. when he was alive. So, uh, yeah, I, I assume he's exhibit A uh, when it yeah. comes to what the good things an artist or and, uh, the good ways an artist can benefit from a commercial. Unfortunately, he wasn't around to see it. Sure. Yeah. Well, and I think they sometimes do it right with unknown bands or bands yeah. that are just coming up. Yeah. Yeah. But when right. it's like bands you've heard before, like U2 and stuff, it kind of just, you, you get an automatic groan kind of a feeling about it. You're like, or yeah. the Who, because <laughs> yeah. the Who for a while right. was in every right. commercial just right. about. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The, who, the Who made some Cadillac money. Oh yeah, and yeah. and and while you know Pearl Jam's never been in one, Pearl Jam has made deals where you know they've had albums uh, that were initially only sold through Target. Um, oh, yeah. They were the right. only retail yeah, chain you could get. You could get them through an independent store, but as far as chains went, um, it was only through Target. So they had exclusive distribution through there. Or they offered like like bonus tracks on the Target edition or something like no. that, right? No, no. no? Okay. But you can get those albums for like five bucks a piece at Target now because they have a lot. <laughs> right. But so it, it's interesting. There are, you know, it's not complete. Uh, sweetheart corporate deals but like sub corporate deals where you know yeah. they they stick it to best buy but not necessarily to uh all of the independent record stores right i remember um chinese democracy when it came out mm-hmm. now gosh six years yeah. ago yeah excuse me was exclusively through best buy yep. and i think itunes you can yep. get it on itunes as well but that's yep. it so that kind of sucks because you know independent record stores have have suffered so much mm-hmm. over the last 15 years and now it's like certain albums they can't even get them right <laughs> you know you just yeah. you can't even not only like are you going to have a hard time selling the ones that you have in stock of other albums you're gonna you can't even obtain you know the uh yeah. some bands albums so that oh, yeah. that's tough best buy started that they were doing that in the yeah. 90s there was lots of exclusive cds mm-hmm exclusive bonus cds you would get right yeah, or if you yeah. bought it if bought a cd at best buy the day it came out you get a t-shirt like right. sealed to it yep. so they were the they were the kings of doing that and it did it put a lot of independent stores out of business but it's good to see now that best buy hardly sells any music and at least right. there's still there's still record stores open yeah 
Yeah, it's, it's a niche market now, you know, I yeah. mean, certainly, but, but yeah, the people who want the physical, whatever it is, album or vinyl, CD, yeah, that's, that's, that's becoming a niche market now. It really is. I, uh, uh, there was one, uh, there was a Dockers commercial uh, about 10 years ago that uh, played a, a, a song uh, called uh, California Soul uh on it and it and it really caught me um it was the first commercial to really catch me and it's uh by marlena shaw uh and it uh i mean this album was released uh in the uh 60s i believe uh yeah july 69 and otherwise i i mean i never would have heard it and yeah yeah, it was a dockers commercial set in san francisco granted and um but uh uh, i haven't bought any dockers since but i did buy the (laughs) album (laughs) Those are nice pants, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it, it, can, so it can be well done. Go ahead, Levi. I'm sorry. Well, I was just going to say to like kind of get us going towards the next topic of it. Maybe like what would if you had a band and you had a song that maybe you held dear to you, what would your price be? Granted, you in in this situation, you would not be able to control what corporation used it because i think in my, yeah, yeah in my right. case it would be like i think i'm okay with everything except if like it's in a mcdonald's i think mcdonald's is probably like my like, yeah i i could yeah. probably give any of my songs to any company besides i, I own a i own a, an album by a band who had a song in a mcdonald's commercial phoenix uh had a song oh, yeah. in a mcdonald's oh, yeah. commercial yeah. um and yeah it happens and in the yeah, that i agree that 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 is one that you would probably kind of cringe at even today when i'm pretty used to it so so like do you guys have a price what would your do you, do you, or what, what's the line to cross well yeah i mean well no like what would you uh like if a corporation's like oh 20 grand would you be like ah five hundred thousand? Oh, like, for my get, own yeah yeah if you're selling a song to a corporation or you're gonna play a corporate gig what are you gonna charge sure i mean yeah i i, I think if if i'm a songwriter on the side and I'm doing what I currently do in real life. Uh, uh, yeah. I mean, f- four figures would probably have my ear. I don't even need <laughs> yeah, five right. figures. Right. Well, yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, I'm, yeah. Yeah. I, I would probably change it, it in some way. And a couple tickets to six flags. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> and I, and I do say this as somebody who has songs that, 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 that I've written, I've written several dozens of songs, but, um uh yeah I, I would be willing to to let one of those go uh in exchange three yeah. mcrib combos supersized <laughs> i'll do yeah. it yeah i think they banned the mcrib in kansas city they, they don't need that here <laughs> i would think that uh, yeah i would it wouldn't take much for me i gotta be honest yeah i would yeah, yeah. i would I, and so I would like why it. why yeah. would anybody hold their favorite musicians to a higher standard for some reason thinking that they don't need the money so yeah. i mean and maybe it's not even it's it's a null point because uh n- people don't really think about that anymore but it, it i think there is a slight stigma attached to it or like even the idea going back to the classic idea of oh i like this band better before they were big or i like this band right. before they were on a commercial mm-hmm. yeah and i mean i you know, I mean, if I am a large recording artist and 
GE comes up to me and says, hey, I want you to play our national winter conference and we're going to give you six figures, I'd be like, sign me the F up. I love some GE shit. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, I got GE shit in you all my like, house. You feel like, want me to wear the hat? What do you want? <laughs> yeah, all right. Yeah, dude. So, which is interesting and kind of goes along with, I found a website, and I'll post a link on our Facebook, of a list, and it's what artists charge to play. And so if you theoretically had this or – and I wondered if maybe they give like a little bit of a extra 30% if they're playing a corporate gig. They might bump up this fee a little bit. But this this list is huge. I thought it was just a couple hundred and it's actually like a thousand bands ranging from like bands that charge 10000 up until a million dollars. So I, I could call these bands and even though I don't have a proper <laughs> venue, they would come play – for but this guess, amount of money. Yes, if you had the cash, these mm-hmm. bands are showing up. Well, it's always like, yeah, they're always playing like for like, it's always like Jimmy Buffett and whoever, like, well, and playing like like the King of Jordan's, you know, birthday yeah, yeah. party or some right. shit. And, and this, list is, this list I will post on, on the Facebook, and you guys can both take a look. It's extensive, so I'm only going to go over a few of the highlights. But I thought it was neat. 311 will come play your party for 100 grand. <laughs> <laughs> just just yeah kings of leon charging 500 grand it yep. says jesus um bob dylan is charging three hundred thousand dollars it says to play um bonnie rate a hundred thousand dollars is anybody under six figures oh yeah here i'm go- i'm only gonna go down i started at the highest oh okay yeah, we're going to get down to the bottom barrel where we might be able to scrap some pennies together and get get some people to play. Guess fucking Jim um, Blossoms if you're listening. <laughs> it, one of our one of our show favorites, Pearl Jam, it says charges $500,000. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, that's about what that I would guess. That's got to be split a lot of ways. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Think, well, and this is people... yeah. This this pay, the, out of that money they have to pay the drivers they have to pay their road crew they mm-hmm. have to pay the production mm-hmm. so yes this this they would probably see like seventy percent of this total maybe sixty percent I could have got driving and crying on a Kickstarter for like five thousand I think <laughs> uh, uh, earlier this year yeah uh, Stone Temple Pilots two hundred and fifty grand hold on does that include Scott or not. Yes. Well, that was that was this was. I don't think they're together list. anymore. No, no they're not. Think, but that yeah. was that was with. Scott. Wait, if I booked Scott separate from Stone Temple and they showed up at the same time, would <laughs> right. they play? Do that. Do do that. They'd be like, "Give us our fucking that money game. now." Do a forced <laughs> reunion. Like, don't inform both parties. <laughs> just, just be like, "Hey guys, I thought it would be cool." <laughs> you know? Oh, you didn't know each other. <laughs> Oh man, I think they would tough it out. Like if you just like just kept like upping it, you know. Oh, like, if you double down, if you, if so, you yeah. say, okay, here's what you asked for. Now here's another. Yeah. You're like, all they right, would, be okay. All right, another hundred thousand dollars if you play Vaseline. All right. <laughs> it, it says Snoop Dogg slash Lion because I guess he's called himself Snoop Lion. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. It says he's only charging seventy grand. To yeah, play. and you got to get him high. Yeah. Well, of course. No, I'll, t- yeah. I'll take that in blunts. Right? Yeah. So. yeah, Nora Jones. Nora Jones is making a cool 50 grand. That's said. all? Yeah. Jeez. Seems low for her. Yeah. yeah. She's really underselling herself here. Uh, it says Cold War Kids are 50K. Yeah, she's, she's got a bit more cred than Cold War Kids. I mean, I, music preferences aside. Uh, it says you can have Foreigner for 40 grand, The Black Crows for 40 grand. Huh. 
No shit. I thought Blues, they were more than that. Blues Traveler, 30 grand. Uh, cheap Trick, 40 grand. I so I mean I I don't really I, I have a problem though I did hear that Eddie Vedder did just play the some Salesforce thing in in Hawaii, uh, uh, some like employee thing, and it, yeah it's it's awkward at best in my opinion, um, at worst it's a paycheck. Uh, yeah. So I I think it um, I I think that the bands though are obliged to do some research into who they're playing for. Right. Uh, I know that uh, when there's been controversy in the past um, uh, uh, with what Beyonce or whoever, uh, you know, playing in the Middle East for uh, some unsavory folks, um, right. that, you know, some, there were some excuses like, hey, how are they supposed to know? And it's like, well, they should know. You right. know, if you're going to get paid that much, I'm sorry, if, if if you're getting that much money coming to you, um, right. you should probably check it out uh, right. a little bit. Yeah, like this guy's responsible yeah. for, you know, public beheadings and stuff. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You are right. obligated to do yeah. some research into who you're playing for. And that's not to say that, uh, you know, you're that um, not everybody's going to have a skeleton in the closet, but there's different yeah. levels of skeletons. You know, you could also say that, like, these gigs are to offset the amount of records that just people aren't selling anymore. You know, I mean, I think it's I equate it like this, like the Black Crows, one of our favorite bands, they've played a, a good number of these over the years. And I think a lot of it's probably been used so they could find they could self finance mm-hmm. their albums, mm-hmm. the recording of their albums. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because, you know, they're on they're on their own record label now, you know, so it's not like anybody's it's not like, you know, Columbia or, you know, Warner Brothers or whoever is like cutting some big check and just says, hey, here, go. Here's a blank check. Go record a record. Yeah. It doesn't work that way anymore. No. You know, like they've yeah. you pretty much got to self-finance this on your own. So if you got to if you got to play to a room full of Home Depot execs every once in a while just to get your album made. You know, you do what oh, you got to do. Yeah, it's yeah. it's the uh, Steve Buscemi, the actor, uh, a long time ago said that right. uh, that he'll you know he'll do the big box office hit so that he right. can finance all of the independent absolutely roles he yeah. wants to do. And yeah, you can't fault him for that. Yeah, it's like yeah. an actor doing a Jerry Bruck- Bruckheimer movie. Yeah. So then he or she can go do something they're passionate about, you know, right. an independent movie or something they wrote or, yeah. or, you know, whatever the case may be. Yeah. And to anybody yeah. bitching, it's like, well, if you want to see me act, then right. just don't go to this movie and don't bitch about me being in this movie so that then you can see me in these other movies. I mean, also, you know, quick survey. Have you guys ever gone to a job just so you could get paid? You know, I mean, it wasn't like just because you like you loved it. You know, I right? mean, sometimes <laughs> like you just you do it, and that's that's yeah. what you do. And I mean, we're quick to, to say that people sell out, yeah. but we're also quick to forget that this is how they earn a living too. Right, yeah. right. You know, and, and I think me. it is because that that there is this level of, of artistry involved. Um, but you know, I think, and it, it's an argument that goes uh, way back, probably centuries, uh, the balancing of, of artistry and, and being able to make a living. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm, I, before I put the list down here, I'm going to touch on some of the cheapies guys. We could, uh, right. <laughs> guys, we could 
who could possibly These are people within our grasp. Like who, who are we getting for the Rock and Roll Shinsu Chu 100th episode party? <laughs> <laughs> the uh Okay, let me pull it up here. Ben Queller, it says, is ten thousand dollars. He's all right. That's good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Candlebox, fifteen grand. Yeah. Chuck Chuck Lavelle, fifteen grand. Okay. I'll pay Chuck himself. Lavelle fifteen grand just to like hang out. Yeah, right. <laughs> no it's like, all right, dude, three hours, five grand an hour. Are you in? Uh, it says yeah. Cracker Crackers, ten grand. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Disco biscuits are ten grand. <laughs> Everlast is twenty grand. Uh, Jesus. Filter is ten grand. The Indigo Girls are twenty. Says we could get Pat Travers for fifteen. Man, uh, I think I'm throwing down on Cracker for ten. I think I can. Yeah, I can yeah. John, John McLaughlin. It says for fifteen. Oh, Je- from Weather Report or yeah, from? Uh, I mean, yeah. yeah, right. Jefferson Starship for fifteen. Uh. <laughs> Rusted Root for 12, 12K. Uh, Shooter Jennings for 15. Oh, who else? Uncle Cracker is making a cool 20 grand every show, it says. Uh, that, see, that, that seems pretty pretty audacious for Uncle yeah. Cracker. So do, then, you think, um, do you think you get to write any of the set lists? See, I think maybe if you got some of, I'm going to go into the ultimate low tier, but these are going to be some bands a lot of a lot of people won't know. But um, it says we could have you. Does anybody remember Kings X? Yeah, says, yeah, says oh, yeah. For, for five Important grand, man, dude, five yeah. grand for five grand. Kings X Damn. will play. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, I assume uh, like I assume that doesn't include like airfare, right? I mean, I assume you have yeah. to probably pay travel. Yeah, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. Says the Nappy Roots will play for five grand. Yeah, I don't know who that is. Confederate Railroad is five grand. Uh, Bo Bice is five grand. Ugh. Says well, anyway, the Dirty Dozen is only five grand. It says. Wow, you get so the full yeah. dozen. You only get a six. I I just need eight. (laughs) I can only fit eight. (laughs) So yeah, yeah. There's there's quite a range there. I mean, when price and quality. When you see those numbers, it kind of puts it into perspective what what the industry is. Because otherwise, it's just. It seems like these these tours just, in a way, just magically come together and, uh, you know, it's part of an album and touring in support of the album. And you don't really, you, yeah, you know you're paying money uh, to, to go, but you don't think about what that band, like, how that band wouldn't show up if they didn't get paid. <laughs> right. yeah, and, it, yeah. and it puts the reality, it stresses the reality of the situation and the industry. Yeah. Um, yep. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Good. Good points all around. Yeah. Um. Well, good stuff, guys. Yeah. Um. Any Any kind of closing thoughts on it? Uh, we're at about the forty minute mark now. Yeah. Here, I, so, I've, yeah. I've, I've got one theoretical question. Um. If would you be willing to? Would you be willing for your favorite bands to distribute their albums for free? if it meant that they left their albums to be completely licensed by any corporation that wanted to. No holds barred. Hmm. 
Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. Where I they do. would just put it out there. They would it would essentially be in a way kind of Creative Commons where anybody could use it, um, public domain, I guess, um, yeah. to sell anything they wanted. But as a result, you get it for free. Man, I, at this point, I'm barely paying anything because I use RDO. So, like, right. God, I I feel like I'm even though I'm it's legitimate, I'm ripping them off as it is. Well, um, no, and, and I think we are of the people that are going to be of the last generation that thinks that way. Yeah, because yeah. there is going to be people who are like, oh, I've always got music for free. Why would I pay yeah. for music? Right, right. I to, mean, to them, music is just concerts. You know what I mean? If or that, like, if, if they that. pay for that. that, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, like the only time they associate paying for music is to go to a concert, right? Pretty right. Much. Yeah. Otherwise, music is four minutes on YouTube. Yeah. yeah. Like uh, the concert's like the last way you can't steal it or stream it for free. Right. Yeah. Right. 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 And yeah, I and and I guess I mean we're the I'm of the mindset where I don't even necessarily want to be on the guest list of bands that I really like that that aren't big because I want them to have my money in a way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I'll buy the new CD as opposed to the used one because they won't see any of that used money, but they'll get the sure. new money. Right. Um, and so, yeah, call me a fool, but but I just I, I wanted to see these bands do well. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know how I'd answer my own question, but I'm... I'm wondering if it's going to go in that direction where, okay, we give up all the music's free, but as a result, you know, Home Depot might use it next week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I would have to say that, yeah, I would be okay with that. I mean, if, if, if it meant that the bands could get, could get paid in, in other ways. Sure. Yeah. Cause yeah. that's obviously yeah. the key is to, to make it to where the bands can make enough money to survive and be successful and to keep creating. Right. You know, yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so. Absolutely. Cause I mean, for some bands that are probably really good that have put out a couple albums, they've got to be wondering like, shit, is the next one even worth it? You know, like, I mean, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah I mean, you do wonder with bands that, you know, only put out a couple of, a couple albums, why they stopped and, or why they slowed down, for that matter. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, after a while, you, you think it just comes down to economics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it has to. At the, at, yeah, in this day and age, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You'll, um, I, I think you'll, yeah, you'll see you'll see more corporate partnerships. It'll, some of the ways it'll be subtle. Uh, in other ways, it'll be really overt. Um, and also, I mean, the ticket prices as well. Um that's that's the tough thing for me because ticket prices have escalated so much. I mean, you know, if if to see like any national touring band for excuse me for like under forty dollars is is rare. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. now. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Granted, there are some younger bands that I like that that still have you know kept their ticket prices pretty reasonable. But I'm sure as they get bigger, they're going to go up. I mean, I look at a band like My Morning Jacket. You know, I mean, to see My Morning Jacket now is is fifty dollars mm-hmm. if, if not more mm-hmm. you know um so and i don't think they had a lot to do with that you know i mean they i don't they don't set the ticket prices um yeah. somebody else determines all that so that's that's kind of been that's been tough for me because i've always supported live music and i want people to go to the shows but but yeah tickets are just getting are, are getting really expensive and it's it's probably just to offset or to compensate for the amount of money they've lost Boston. in record oh, yeah. sales. Yeah. 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 So. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, you might start to see more package tours. You might, you know, um, where you, you know, you see four or five bands on a bill. Um, yeah, but that, that, that's tough because it's like how, how, how expensive can the tickets get, you know? Yeah. And, and I think you are, uh, we have seen some effects where, uh, some bands are just playing more localized shows. Right. Uh, they aren't venturing out as far. Uh, obviously, transportation costs factor quite a bit into that. Um, you know, keeping it keeping it tight and tidy, and uh, playing you know probably smaller venues uh, in some instances, and uh, you know foregoing the dream of of the national arena tour, which. Uh, can be, I assume, in, in some ways, a, a, a crapshoot to uh, be able to make a lot of money on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, you see a lot of smaller shows now, which I, I kind of like, um, because I think that a lot of those amphitheaters that were built in the 80s, your places like Riverport, or whatever the hell it's called now, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the place by Tinley Park, whatever it's called now, if they had to do, if the industry had to do it all over again, I don't think they would build those places. Those places are too big, you know. Yeah. Like those those places are almost, except for a handful of artists, they're really too big for a lot of today's artists. Yeah, you know? yeah, they're they're very specialized venues for right. for like the big radio summer, the ra- FM summer bash, absolutely, shows. or like yeah. a new country artist who's huge, you know, maybe something like that. Right. Yeah. Those venues yeah. just really, um, I don't really like those venues for one. Um, you know, they're usually like in the suburbs, you know, they're, they're, they're not really close to the city. So you can't really, you know, you can't really like park, walk around, right. you know, grab something to eat or go to a bar or something. Right. Um, you know, it's just giant, it's like amphitheater, giant parking lot. Yeah. You know, that's it's it. like going to a football game. <laughs> yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. So, and, and I think, and it, to me, and this is just purely, I don't have any numbers to back this up. This is just purely going off of observation here. It seems like those places are booking fewer shows. Do you guys notice that? Does it seem like, like yeah. Riverport's concert, concert itinerary for the summer is much slimmer than it yeah. used to be? Yeah. I, I haven't had a reason to go out to Sandstone um, probably for 10 years. Not since right. like Tom Petty and the Black Crows. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I do like, like Chicago has um, a venue that opened about ten years ago now called Northerly Island, which I like because it's downtown. Um, you know, you got the city skyline, and they they opened up a lawn this year, so it can accommodate more people. But they usually they 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 don't even open the lawn. You know, it's just it's just kind of probably holds about seven thousand if they don't open up the lawn. Which I like, you know. I mean, I would. Um, that's still comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas those those places like like Riverport and Tinley Park and Sandstone and and all of those kind of big suburban sheds, you know. I mean, you know, th- those places like you know, they're, they're, you're looking at twenty to twenty to thirty thousand at, right. at a lot of those yeah. places, which there just aren't many artists that can fill that. And um, it, it would it would just be better if if these bands like it, I, I'd rather see them like. I don't know. Would it be make more sense to do like multiple nights at smaller venues? I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, 
Yeah, and and I think you see that with like Madison Square Garden, where in lieu of playing the Meadowlands, they're going to play you know three nights at Madison Square Garden. Right. Right. Um, to parallel what what the theater you're talking about, we have uh, the Starlight Theater here in Kansas City, which right. is a smaller yeah. amphitheater, and yeah, you know, Arcade Fire's been there a few times. The National Crosby Stills and Nash, My Morning Jacket, and uh, yeah, it, it's a great compromise between the kind of the out outdoor atmosphere and um a bit more intimate size <laughs> i mean it's still uh gonna be several thousand people um but it's much more manageable uh and the sounds a lot more manageable as well i imagine um so yeah i mean i've, I've been there a dozen times over the last uh four or five or six years right Good stuff, guys. Well, yeah. um, you know, we, we are just going to, for, for our audience, you know, we are just, uh, we stuck to music tonight. Um, you know, the, the business of baseball uh, might even be a little bit larger than this conversation tonight. So we're going to table that one um, and, and, uh, and talk about that, uh, that at a, at a, during a later, a later show. So uh, on that note, uh, good conversation all around, guys. Yeah. I learned a few things. So yeah. Uh, definitely. So yeah, good stuff. And, Thanks to uh, everybody watching at home, and uh, we I still believe absolutely. have a couple sets of Diamond Kings to give away. We do. So we do. Absolutely. Uh, if, message us on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or yeah, or Twitter. Yeah, you can go to at Rock and Shoe is the Twitter handle, or go to our Facebook page. Post pictures of your cards. Um, you know what? Post like concert memories or something as well. You know yeah. that would. Yeah. You know uh, we could throw that out there. Ticket as well. stubs. Gonna, yeah. Yeah. Ticket yeah. stubs. I, I need to take some photos of mine. Um, I, I I'll probably be embarrassed at all the you know 1998 string cheese incident tickets I have, but uh, that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize for nothing. <laughs> um, so. So anyway, on that note, yeah, check us out on Twitter. Check us out on Facebook. Post your post your cards, and we'll uh, we'll give away some Diamond Kings. So should be fun. Uh, until next time, yeah, have uh, a good keep one. up the good work, boys, and uh, yeah, have a good night. <laughs>